Gosh, it seems Loughborough. Ev- anyone that goes there seems to just stay there for like such a long time. What is it? Is it a culture? What? Why is it like that? Anyone that goes there just never leaves. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, yeah, like Loughborough as a place is a bit mad. Like, if you're not an athlete, there's not a lot to do. So the fact that oh, you're wow. athletes, you go there, the facilities are actually like obviously next level, mm. and the people there, it's like everyone's pretty much in common. And then you start, so you go in there, you're going to halls or whatever, then you start living with people, then chances are you'll live with athletes and then you'll end up staying there and then they stay there because you've obviously settled into a coaching group and then you start to stay in there and you get a job and then you actually just stay here for bare time. So how many students on average, how, like, what's the percentage of those who aren't athletes? Because I, I know a couple of people who definitely aren't athletes. Who yeah, 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 yeah. Nowadays right. it's becoming more like, normal students as well because okay. the university is so good for other stuff yeah. so obviously it's number one sports uni in the world for sports stuff but mm. it's actually not even like so the title of Loughborough University is like a design and art school as oh, wow. university okay. because their design stuff's like top in the country and those kinds of things mm. they're also very good at like social sciences and, and those kinds of things as well so it's very diverse in terms of the people that it gets academically but mm the sports as well it's obviously number one in the world for sports and that's just not just track and field like it's, it's definitely not number one in the world for track and field that's that's all bollocks <laughs> but obviously in terms of the uk like there's not really any place that kind of rivals it um yeah. then you have the other sports as well you just look at like swimming most of the olympic athletes um in the uk train here um internationally you've got loads of people as well all the other sports it's just mad but in terms of staying here, unless you do sport, everyone fucks off straight away. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, do they have an arrangement where even if when you finish your course, if you're still training and you train there, can you carry on living where you're living if you, if you choose to do so? Yeah, most people li- who um, live here live in houses and stuff anyway. So in terms of like, if you're a student, you come here, you'll be in halls for your first year. And then most likely you'll move into the town um, or somewhere around the town to live in like a private accommodation or a house or a student house and stuff like that. Um, but because it's so cheap up here, like people can just stay and just get houses and, and rent and those kinds of things. So it's pretty easy. So you can literally get, you can compete here, you can train here, like you can represent the club and stuff like that, apart from in, in university competitions, obviously, but nothing changes really apart from the fact that you're not a student. Wow. Oh my goodness, that's pretty crazy. And and are they quite? Um, say you're a top top athlete, like a like potential podium for like the Olympics, and you're you're studying. How much are they gonna sort of like badger you in terms of the studying aspect compared to like the training aspect? Because that's something I've always wondered. Yeah, that's pro- that's interesting. Like I think it's different for each person, um, depending on how they are academically. Like. They care more for you about sports, to be honest. They just want you to tick the box for participation in terms of academia. So obviously, if you're failing, then they'll be like, look, you're failing. You're going to get kicked out otherwise, which is standard for most unis. But obviously, the fact at Loughborough is that 
you can, such as myself, you can split your, or you can stretch your degree. So essentially what that means is you do half of your credits one year, then half of them the next year. So for example, this year I've split my final year. So I had eight modules last year and that was it. And then, so there's four in each semester. And then this year I've only got a dissertation and two modules across the whole year. So oh, it wow, means yeah. you can balance your studies a lot better. It means you can train well, you can train harder, like, but realistically, they all they they pretty much do this so that you can get a better balance. Mm. Um, but we all know they just want you to to represent the uni for longer, so they can sponge off you a lot longer, which is which is totally fair, and you can understand that as well. What do the uni gain from 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 you guys? In terms of student athletes, they obviously need that kind of reputation to win bucks every year, and the fact that they've won bucks for the last forty plus years, I think it is now especially in in athletics as well we're pretty much unrivaled um it just makes sense for them to do all they can to kind of use you as a commodity as much as you can so in, in the sense that when you go to university in america it's becoming more and more common for people to be like they're a product of the system and they're essentially like owned by the universities and the coaches out there and in a sense, it's somewhat similar, but nowhere near to the same extent. But obviously it just means that you can compete for the university for longer, which means they can use your name, they can use your image rights, they can use you as part of the brand. Like it just helps them massively from not just a marketing point of view, but actually winning, winning really. Cause that's, that's essentially what it is when you come to Loughborough University. Wow, that's... <laughs> It's it's sort of like so it seems like Loughborough is that one place that we have that can somewhat compare to what it's like in the states, but it's only one as opposed to it being every single university in the country. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, there should be I, more. Of there definitely should be more of those. Yeah. So I've spoke to the one of the sports um, kind of executive people at the uni, and they were talking about how they want to get onto the same level as these top universities across across in America, but like. It's, it's not happening anytime soon. Like these, these universities in America, or even these high schools in America, you see the gym in Loughborough and you're like, wow, this is silly. This is next level. Mm. And then you go to high schools in America and it's twice the size and they've got twice the facilities. <laughs> they've got yeah. their own tracks. Like it's, it's mad. Yeah. But in terms of Loughborough as well, the thing that lacks and the reason why it will struggle to be that kind of place is that the, the place isn't desirable. Like, you come here and everyone knows the Loughborough as, as the bubble, the Loughborough bubble. And it couldn't be any truer because you get here, you settle in, you get into training and then you're kind of stuck here in the sense that all you do is train. And that to me is where it's difficult for people who are so switched on towards their sport that they don't have that kind of life balance. Yeah. And as a student athlete, I'm sure you guys are aware, like, it's difficult to have that balance between academics, studying, obviously training, balancing that, living your life and doing the things that you actually want to be doing post-uni or post-sport as well. So it's very difficult in a place like Loughborough to actually get that balance right. Um, but they do help, but they could they could do more. Obviously Loughborough, Loughborough is amazing. They've helped me out so much and I couldn't recommend it to anyone, um, anyone more. But I think, as a means of it progressing and to be in the next level, obviously it's difficult because it's not a desirable place to be in, as in the campus is unreal, the town is, oh, you can't even, don't even get me started on the town, it's, it's, it's dead. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, that's what I mean. Like the thing, the best thing about it is obviously the facilities are perfect, and you're just surrounded by like-minded people. And if that's in terms of academics, or or you're trying to start businesses, or you're trying to become a world champion in your sport, there's people around you that are on that level. And to me, if I compared it to say university compared to school and stuff, like it's so rare to find people that actually are in the same kind of page as you. Like for me, when I was at school, I didn't have anyone there that was actually on the same page as me because I was the only person that did athletics. And as I was growing up, athletics was literally my life. Like it was the biggest part of me. And then you come to university and you're like, oh my gosh, everyone around me here feels the same way. Like everyone loves it and they want to be world champions or they want to kind of be better for themselves. And then you're actually just driven by people just by simply being around them. Like you've obviously heard the same before, like you're an average of the five people you spend the most time around yeah. and you don't realize how true that is until you kind of take a step back to look who you are around yeah. or if you're slipping or if you're succeeding, you'll kind of see that coming hand in hand with who you actually surround yourself with. And that to me is just true. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so in terms of the training setup and, and, and how it, how it looks like, how, if you're an athlete, you've just left your coach um, and you've gone to university, you're at Loughborough now and you're stuck and you, you don't have a coach, you, you know, you're disciplined and you're a decent athlete. What is the process of finding a coach? Like, how does it work in terms of um, payment? Does it depend on coach? Like how much did the university play into that? And are the coaches actually Loughborough coaches or is it just um, independent coaches who have like some sort of deal with Loughborough because there's all sorts of systems that are going on there. You've got university coaches and normal coaches. So could you, yeah, tell us a little yeah, bit more yeah. about so, how that works. As we know, Loughborough University is based here and also the, the British Athletics now use this as their centre as well. So it's, it's kind of an interesting one because you've got a wide range of student athletes, but then you've also got the best athletes in the country under the BA mm -hmm. umbrella. So we've got the British athletics base here as well. So some of the coaches here are paid coaches by the governing body. Um, you've got a mixture of professional athlete groups, but then also you'll have, you'll have groups where they're just purely participation based under the university. Um, so how it works really is if you were coming to the university here, um, you'd usually, depending on the level you're at, you'd obviously go through a kind of some form of recruiting stage where you'd be in touch with a coach depending on how proactive you are or how proactive uh, the coaches are. Say, say you're kind of like a decent level sprinter, you come into the university, one of the coaches sees that you're actually looking into coming to the university, chances are they'll probably reach out to you to try and recruit you for their group. Or if you're kind of more open to it, then there's obviously chances to chat to coaches one-to-one -one or go to kind of join in on sessions or watch sessions, um, kind of say you're interested or whatnot and then you can go to like the meet the coaches evenings where the coaches are literally there selling themselves selling the group and then it's down to you to kind of obviously down to you and the coach as well to decide if the setup's right for you or what your goals are if it aligns and stuff like that um and then obviously it's as simple as using the facilities it depends now with covid it's a bit strange because you can't just simply rock up you've got to book in, you've got to book in online, you have to book a slot that's only like an hour or two hours or however long. Um, there's different times available for different abilities of people, of the group that you're in. So it's a, it's a bit it's a bit hard work at the moment, but in terms of like normal times, it's, it's so sick because 
you could be um, like a decent level athlete, but kind of say you're a fresher, but you're a decent level athlete, you're looking to represent the uni and stuff. You could be down at the track training at the same times as world champions and stuff like that and the GB team. So you're around them like in passing. I remember when I came to the university, it was literally just walking around and seeing people like Harry AA, like Adam <laughs> and Jamili, those boys just rolling around being like, oh, you're right, mate. And you're just like, because <laughs> like, no matter who you are, if you don't have these personal relationships with them, the only association you have with them is seeing them on TV. And when you're seeing these people on TV, you kind of forget that they're actually people too. And that's one of the yeah. maddest things about sport and elite sport is that these fans or the athletes that aren't at that level, they'll see these people on screens, on social media. And as soon as they kind of see them in person, they're like, yo, you're actually normal. And like, it's as simple as that because athletes are normal people. They're just slightly better at what they do. They have no like more about them really, apart from their physical ability. And that's literally it. And that's where kind of people forget and they kind of get sucked into just like, like feeling strange around them or like not really having the confidence to speak to them or that kind of thing. But then as soon as you realize they're just normal people too, then it's just easier for everyone as well. Cause it must be kind of mad being an elite athlete and just walking around and people are kind of just like, like, yeah. around. Like <laughs> <laughs> obviously it's all part of it, you know, but yeah, it's, it's a sick environment to be in. What was your first ever encounter with um, like a professional athlete, like at the university? At the university? Mm. Um, well, to be fair, when I joined the group, I was literally training with Megan Beasley. So she's 400 hurdler. She was in my training group. She's been to pretty much every championship apart from the Olympic Games. So the first one she went to Olympic Games, she went to Tokyo. Mm. Um, but like you train and she's just a normal person. like asking what you've done, what you're doing. If you're going out in Freshers' Week, like if you're hungover from the night before, <laughs> most of the time I was. Um, but like, you just you just forget that these people are literally normal. And that's that's where being in environments such as Loughborough, the same with Lee Valley as well, like you literally go down there and you're seeing these boys that you want to be like, and you can just see them every day and you can essentially just copy what they're doing because all you need to, I think, People overcomplicate this sport so much. I was speaking to someone about it yesterday. All you need to do in this sport really is turn up and work hard and then go home again and then do that every day and you'll get better more often than not. And then all the other stuff that people put on top of that is just additional baggage that's either going to push you forward or bring you down a lot more. And unless you can balance that or if you can find the stuff that's actually applicable and right for you, because more often than not, the stuff that people do isn't going to work for you. And that's why this sport is so good because you can see what someone's doing and you can try and copy that and you could get injured in two weeks or you mm -hmm. could literally do something like that or go through a mental health issue or you could do something what someone else has done and you could knock a tenth or two tenths or a whole second off your time like that's that's how how amazing this sport is but also how overcomplicated it could be at the same time because people see all these people doing xyz or, or they think that this is going to work for them and more often than not it doesn't so you have to have that kind of self-understanding of yourself to be able to apply those things and actually go forward and think this is working, this is not working, I need to take a different approach and actually communicate with the people around you and, and communicate with yourself, to be honest, because like if you're not going to be able to be aware of these things or act upon these things, you're not going to get better and you might get worse. Like It's, it's down to those things, you know? Mm. Wow.
how would you say do you find do some people get a sense of identity loss when they come to Loughborough because obviously it's a huge haven for sport and as are most people in the same like-mindedness in the sense that they want to become a professional athlete or are they doing it just because they're good at it and are there like some people at the end of the three years at the end of their course they're kind of just like oh what do I do now and maybe when if they go when they go back home they kind of struggle with not being in that environment because it, it I can imagine it's very it, it can be as intense as you make it like you said you can train as hard as you want and, and it can be as much as you want it to be but I also imagine for some people after leaving that they 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 don't understand what they're going to do or how they're going to do like do people know what, what they're trying to do with it all? Because it can be very easy to kind of just plop really great people in a great place with a great setup. But are people kind of question it and have that question like, what, what am I going to do with this? Where am I going with it? Am I just here to train and do uni? Or like, do you know what I mean? So is it bigger than that? Sure. I, no, I think first off, the, the identity thing, I think coming to a place like Loughborough, no matter how good you are, it's difficult to kind of, instantly settle in unless you know people there because you you could go from being say you're you're a good level athlete you're a gb junior or whatnot um or you've won english schools and you're training at a club like club level you're standing say you're training at like a bog standard club and then you come to a place like loughborough you go from being that big fish and then you're coming into a place like loughborough and people wouldn't even look at you twice when you're walking through mm. and that's to me is like it's crazy and if you're not kind of tough enough or kind of switched on enough to realize that it's not that deep and that there's more to it than that, then you're, it's gonna be difficult to kind of settle in. And it, like first impressions are obviously really important regardless of where you are or who you are. Um, so coming to a place like Loughborough, it's, 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 it's easy to settle in if you act the right way or if you, if you come across the right way, just as it is anywhere else. Loughborough High Pack is literally no different. If you, if you come across as a nice person, you'll sound like everyone will like you. That's as easy yeah. as that. Um, but then obviously in terms of going, like going back home, say if you're a student athlete or whatnot, you go back home and you're training at your kind of your home club back to where it all began. Like, unless you're fortunate to be training at somewhere that's got the facilities that are decent as well, it is a big shock. Like I was very fortunate in the, the facilities that I came from back at Tunbridge. Um, but if you come from a club where it's literally just a track in a field and you've got a warm up in the cold or those kinds of things, like you're miss, you're literally going to be like, wow, I wish I was in Loughborough still. Because you come in with this kind of thick skin of being able to, to deal with what you've got and you're in, like, in front of you. And then you're kind of essentially mollycoddled by the facilities that you have available to you. And you forget that this is not normal. Like you're training in these facilities, you could do entire sessions inside. You've got gyms here at your doorstep. You've got everything you could possibly need inside one roof. And then you're going home and you're like, oh, oh, I've got to warm up in the cold and it's raining. I'm not going to do that. Like it's, it's, it's a bit crazy, but I found that difficult just because you, you forget quite easily, like pretty quickly when you go from a place like for example, Tunbridge, even though the facilities were unbelievable, to a place like Loughborough, it's so easy to get comfortable if you just have everything you need. And then when you come back home, say for good, for example, you graduate or you move away from Loughborough University or whatnot, then you have to go back to, to where it kind of all started and you have to adapt again. And it's not gonna be as easy for sure in terms of facilities. But then again, it comes back to what I was saying about how this sport is simple it's as simple as you make it, it's as hard work as you make it, and it's as complicated as you make it. 
and if you in terms of like facilities and stuff you've seen people all over the world running world-class times and stuff with facilities far worse than what we have and all you need is a pair of trainers and somewhere to run and you can actually do a session that's going to get you some form of physical benefit um so obviously the further up or the extent that changes is obviously different but it, it really is as simple as that and obviously places like Loughborough you forget that you're very lucky to even be here and to have the facilities that you get and then that's where like it's easy to kind of become a bit like sluggish slobby lazy like you know what I mean wow Josh did you have anything you wanted to ask no I knew you, you you touched on um kind of people or like the overcomplication of, of the sport. Like in what aspects can it be overcomplicated and what things can complicate the simple nature of like what you what you were talking about? I think for me it definitely comes back to balance. And if you don't have that balance that's right for you. Because everyone's got different needs, everyone's got different desires for the, for why they're doing the sport, and that also comes down to your why and your purpose for why you're doing the sport and what kind of you're trying to get out of it. Um, say, using me for example, I wanted to be a professional athlete up until like January 2020, and then it kind of all hit me. It's probably more December last year, maybe uh, December 2019, and I kind of came to that realization that there was far more that I enjoyed in life than just running around in circles. And essentially, the sooner people can realize why they're doing something, the easier it's gonna become. Because if I realized that earlier, then I would have been able to enjoy the process a lot more. And if you don't enjoy the process, you're not gonna enjoy the outcome you get from that process anyway, because it'll be such an under underwhelming experience that you're just, it's, it's, it completely ruins the point of why you're doing it in the first place. Um, so for me, for an example, I, I realized I didn't want to be a professional athlete and then I took time out of the sport and then I kind of wanted to do the sport still because, and then I looked back and thought, why, what kept me involved in the sport for as long as it did, despite me not kind of improving that much or having the success as a junior athlete, but actually not being um, anywhere kind of near that at this age. And then thinking, why, why do I still do it? What makes me want to go to the track each day? And then realizing that, to me, it was all about the social experiences and the social aspects that come from the sport. So I, I spoke about earlier about how good it is being around like-minded people and stuff like that and things when you have in common with people. But to me, I, for example, using competitions as, as an example as well, the joy I get from going to competitions comes from being able to see my friends and to be around people and to do that kind of stuff rather than me getting on the track and running and races or winning or running, running PBs or whatnot because that all comes as a byproduct of me being in the same location as my friends who yeah. I don't get to see because they live six hours away or whatnot. And those were the kind of things that really drove me, especially when I was younger as well. But I didn't realize this at the time. Like I remember say under 17s, I was quite good, but like going to UK school games and or doing some, or SIAB or English schools or whatnot, it wasn't about the medals. It was so that if I won this competition here, then that means I can go to this competition here and then spend time with my friends at this competition here, in this place here. And like, those were the kind of things that I didn't really kind of realize at the time. But now looking back at it, it all makes total sense because when 
I took the time out from the sport last year. I took 10 months out and didn't train on a track. I trained on a track once and it was amazing. Like I literally had no intention whatsoever to go outside and train on a track, despite having done the sport for nine years and run for my country and done all kinds. I did not care. And despite this being in the pandemic as well, when the competition started, I was sat at home watching them on Binko. And I, had, I was literally sat there with my feet up, like eating McDonald's and I was loving life. Like I did not care about missing competitions because I could get the social benefits from just being there watching people and not having to compete or going and visiting those friends or kind of just training on a track and just helping other people. So it's like, to me, if you can't find that balance between what you enjoy, why you're doing it and something that you're good at, because I think everyone needs to do something they're good at because obviously it makes you feel good and you're not really going to enjoy doing something you're not very good at more often than not, especially as an athlete because of how we are as people and what makes us tick. You're not really going to enjoy doing something you're not good at, are you? So it's kind of about finding what you're good at, what you enjoy, what gives you purpose and meaning, and then actually pursuing that as much as you can and doing all that you can to actually just keep doing that for as long as possible and make as much of a difference to other people and yourself. And if you can find that sooner rather than later, then you're onto a winner because then you're not going to competitions and trying to just go for, for external validation or reasons because if you're enjoying the process and you actually got a legit purpose as to why you're doing it, then everyone will be in a better place, to be honest. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty good summary. Um, cool. We're going to go more into sort of like your personal experience now and we'll get into the athlete play something like that because that, that's that was really that's a really cool subject to touch on um so you sort of personally what was your journey into sport and since stopping athletics what interests have sort of replaced that because I feel like when there's something like as big as that that probably took up big space in your life um usually you have to fill that space with something else so what have you been able to fill that space in and what did you what what do you now feel that you were you're more um, in tune on wanting to do with your life sort of going forward in replacement of track and field? Yeah, sure. So like to me, track and f I grew up playing football. Um, I played county level football and was always quite quick at the same time. So I started doing athletics when I was like 11, but alongside doing football. And then I stopped playing football in like 2014 sometime just to focus on athletics. And then I remember knocking off, I think seven seconds of my 300 meter PB or something like that. And just by doing a winter training and focusing on the sport and just like prioritizing it. And then obviously going forward there, it kind of naturally just took off as you take it more seriously. Um, but then I got to that point obviously where things were too much. My setup was completely wrong for me. I didn't enjoy the sport. I didn't enjoy lots of things. And then taking that time off to realize why I was doing it, like I said, and what I wanted to do going forward. So when I quit the sport, I was kind of in a bit of a predicament being like, what am I going to do? Because I didn't have a job. I, I didn't enjoy my studies. I've never really been that academic. Um, it's kind of been a means to an end. But the, the way in which I was kind of going about things was what do I enjoy? I enjoy helping people. I enjoy giving back to people in any way that I can. And I was in a very fortunate position to share my own experiences, if, albeit them difficult times and my kind of experiences within the sport as well. So having competed for GB juniors or whatnot, or winning like, titles or whatnot, those were kind of irrelevant to me. 
but I know that I can kind of pass on that knowledge to other people to help them, say, for example, children or up-and-coming athletes or people that are actually have gone on to be much better than myself. But finding what I enjoy doing and then realising that I was in a good position to do that. And then also it kind of came down to when I was going through difficult times, I looked around and tried to get the support that I felt like I needed and it wasn't there. And it's kind of one of them where I'm like, if there's no support there for people like myself, then I might as well give it my best shot in doing it. Because what if not me, who's going to do it? And to me, that was kind of that was kind of the crazy thing where something as big as this or something as simple as this, literally offering a platform for peer to peer support, for example, it goes so far. And if there wasn't something there, like why? And I kind of took that upon myself to give it my best shot. And then I've obviously found myself here. But in terms of filling the gap for, for not taking the sport for 10 months, I was just kind of enjoying myself being a, a non-athlete for the time being. I was taking part in other sport. I was doing, I was doing random bits here and there. And then it got to uh, November time where I kind of thought, I've left my group. I'm going back to university. I don't know what I want to do otherwise. So I got back into training again, but with no intention whatsoever of actually competing. And mm -hmm. then um, I trained with a couple of friends of mine, um, Jesse Tappin and Dan Putnam, both high level athletes who I've trained in my old group with. And I was doing my training every single day of the week, pretty much, all to make it so that those guys would be in a better position for the, for the summer. I was doing reps on the track in the winter, in the rain, in the snow, whatever next to Jess and next to Dan so that they improved and so that it made their lives easier. And that was kind of the joy that I got from helping them and actually supporting them when things got tough, for example, and that's on the track. And then I was actually kind of trying to do that kind of stuff, but off the track as well with forming the athlete place. And then in terms of moving forward, I was kind of like, I'm in really good shape by doing that kind of training. I literally found myself running PBs and training most weeks. And to me, that was crazy where I had absolutely no intention whatsoever of competing and no, like not care in the world about how fast I was running or who I was running better than or whatnot, which people do care about when they're doing the sport for other reasons. But I was literally there to help other people to enjoy myself and to socialize with my friends because that was obviously a gateway to doing so. And then by finding myself doing that, I obviously found myself in PB shape and then it was strange because I was entered into a competition and then I pulled my hamstring um, like two weeks before it and then missed it. And then literally after that competition, I was kind of like, actually, you know what? I don't want to do it either. So I literally, um, when my training partners went back home, they moved back south from Loughborough. Um, I was kind of like free roaming a little bit, training with people here and there, training with random groups, just kind of socializing with other groups and stuff. But while still training hard. Um, and... I found myself enjoying it so much still. And then I kind of thought, well, if I'm still enjoying it like this, I might as well get back into it. But if I want to compete or not, who, who cares? Like it, it doesn't matter to me. I have no intention of prioritizing a competition or aiming for a time because if I can enjoy going to the track every day of the week or however many days a week I train, it's, I'm going to be improving anyway. And I'm not just going to be improving physically, but I'm also going to be improving mentally by ticking the boxes for, for my own needs and socializing with my friends, but actually like doing the thing I enjoy. And 
that to me has filled a massive gap and actually ticked the right boxes because I'm doing the sport for the right reasons now instead of being in a group where I felt like I was doing it for the wrong reasons but I wasn't aware of that yet and then it kind of got all too it all got too kind of too deep and it all was a bit too late before I could actually acknowledge that so that once I'd got that kind of change and that fresh air and that new approach to it I was just so much happier so much better physically and enjoying myself a lot more and then that allowed me to actually prioritize the things that I want to be doing and I want to be kind of pushing the athlete place I want to be creating a platform of athletes where they can help one another um sorry about that <laughs> and then also making it so that athletes have a platform to help one another they have that platform to get the help that they might need or the entertainment they might need or the content that's going to make them smile like there's so many kind of facets to well-being it's so much bigger than just mental health and to me creating a well-being platform supporting track and field athletes and now their parents is simply supporting people in any way that you can and making their lives and their journeys within the sport easier and more fun and if I can do that, if I can help people do that, if I can get more people on board or if I can spread that message as far as and wide as possible, everyone in the sport is going to be in a better position, not just at the elite level, but from the grassroots level, which to me, I think is the important one, because if you can actually ingrain the right kind of knowledge and kind of um, aims or kind of morals and views on things to athletes, from the right kind of age when they're still learning and when they're finding their passion and their purposes in the sport, then they're going to go on to be far more successful, far happier, both on and off the track, which ultimately leads to far better lifestyles in my opinion. Yeah, I massively agree with that. And going way back to the beginning of what you said, um, I've got sort of a two-parter here. I was going to ask um, what was wrong with that setup? in terms of in the beginning that started to cause those problems. And had you have gone pro in the middle of this, like probably when you started around, like you said, December to January time, when you thought about stopping the sport, say if a brand had come to you at that point, or maybe even a bit before and, and wanted to sign you for a decent amount of money, a brand that you like and, and you could be pro, would you have still taken that decision to step out? That's yeah. It's a bit crazy. Like, so firstly, the setup that was wrong for me. So the let's go back to before I came to university, um, I'd run for GB juniors a few times and I was kind of training in a bog standard kind of setup. I was training three times on the track a week. I was doing one gym session a week, but I was self-operating that. It's your typical go down to the gym, lift some weights with horrible form, do some abs and then go home. And, um, and then I came to university and I was thrown into a professional kind of setup where you're training six, seven days a week. The session times were like anything from two to five or six hours a day, which to me was silly. Um, and then also the balance that I've spoken about before was just completely shifted because I came to university simply to train in a group pretty much. I didn't come to university really with the purpose of studying, um, which is obviously always going to make things difficult if you actually fall out of love with the sport that you're in. Um, yeah. And then kind of finding that typical balance of uh, sports, studies and life. 
and I found that the sports balance was too much for my purpose and the whys of which I was doing track and field. So I was in a fantastic training group with some great boys and they all had that kind of goal of wanting to be the Olympic champions or whatnot, which to, to most people in the sport is obviously the goal. But yeah. most people haven't actually had that opportunity or they haven't actually stepped back and thought properly about why they're doing the sport, why they enjoy the sport or what they actually want to get out of it. Because if you look at the statistics, 99% of the people that do the sport aren't getting there. Like, this is a fact. And there's only a very few people that actually go on to get funding or sign a kit deal or actually make a major chance. And if you have that kind of only goal of actually reaching the championships without actually thinking, oh, but I actually like seeing my friends here or I actually like feeling of exercise because it's good for my mental health or like doing these kinds of things and challenging myself and setting goals rather than actually just having that one goal of, yeah, I want to be Olympic champion. Blah, blah, blah. I want to get them funded next year, even though they haven't logistically thought about, right, I'm this far away from doing that. I need to do this to do that, this to do that, and this to do that. Like, it's, it's important that people actually kind of prioritize the realistic things and the, and the control of controllables. You hear that saying a lot, but it's so yeah. true within this sport because there's so much in this sport that actually is totally out of your control in which people kind of let disrupt their flow and their emotions and get annoyed about or, or complain about or they let that affect them when there's no way it can actually you can't control these things and the more you kind of look back and think i can do that i can do something about this or i can't do something about this then you'll have much less to worry about and you're going to be in a much better place um but i think i think in terms of um, if, if, I, if, a, if a brand actually approached me, like for, for me, when I got to university, I wasn't as good as I kind of should have been. I plateaued a lot when I was at university and the times that I was running were not good enough. I, I would have made like national champs and stuff like that. I came second at Bucks and stuff like that, but I was nowhere near where I should have been given the potential I had when I was younger. But I know for a fact that if I kind of persisted in a group that worked for me, then I have no doubt that I would have been knocking on the door at national champs or whatnot in, in what, obviously you can't say that, but like I have every faith in that I would have done a lot better than I have done. Um, because I'm a lot of people kind of coming familiar now with the fact that if you're mentally strong, mentally stable, and you're in a great place mentally, you will be in a much better place physically. And you hear the saying, a happy athlete is a successful athlete and those kinds of things. But most people don't even take that on board until they're not a happy athlete and they're not performing and it happens to themselves. And it's so easy to kind of have that naivety until something happens to you within the sport because it's always thinking, oh, it won't happen to me, it won't happen to me. And then when it happens to you, you, it's, you get hit by a train. It's very difficult to deal with because you're so kind of in denial and if people could actually be kind of how do i say this um proactive enough to prepare for something like this even though it might not happen if it doesn't happen sweet but if it does happen and you actually you've thought about this before or you've actually somewhat prepared for this thing no matter what it is then you're in a, such a better place to actually take this by the straw of the neck move forward with this and not let it affect you negatively 
Um, which to me, that didn't happen because I was naive, because I was kind of in some form of like denial and that I thought that I would get through this, didn't have to talk about whatever I went through, blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was all going to be fine. Um, and then I was going to go on to be a professional athlete or whatnot because most people do. Most people think that they're going to be sweet, but they're probably not unless you think about it properly and you actually act upon that. Um, and that got to me taking a step back. But obviously, if, if, a, if, a, if, a, if a brand or if a sponsorship came to me, then chances are I would have taken it because it's, it's that human nature of thinking, oh, but if I take this, then maybe that will happen or maybe this will happen. But probably not. It probably wouldn't have because why is, why is, the, why is some money going to change the purpose and the imbalances in my life? Like, it probably wasn't. For me, there wasn't like any form of issues that getting signed to someone would have helped. Like, it wouldn't have changed the way I felt about my studies. It wouldn't have changed the way about me not having enough hours in a day to do the things I actually enjoy or feeling dreadful mentally. Like, it's not going to help. Um, so I don't think I would have been any better off if I signed for someone or if I got some form of sponsorship or landed on some money or some something like that, to be honest. Wow. And, and that's the fact that you're honest enough to sort of admit that, because I think a lot of people in society today feel like money, um, status, brands, all that sort of thing can change something and can really... Um, sort of change your perspective, change your view, change change everything about you, but, but the fact that you're able to kind of sit here and admit that, no, that wouldn't have solved the problem as much as it would have been a nice thing, because who doesn't want those sort of things? Sure. The fact that you were, you, you were self-aware and now and probably then as well, that that's not what's going to make me feel better. That's not what's going to give me that sense of purpose. That's not what's going to add more hours into my day, et cetera, like, like you've said. Um, and that leads on really nicely to talk sort of more about the athlete place, because when... Um, I, I saw this. I, I checked. I looked, I looked. I went through the website. I'm, Josh did as well. And I was kind of sat there. I was. I sat there for oh, a good so while good. looking at it. And I, and I was like, wow, <laughs> this really is amazing. Man. Just how well done yeah. it is. How how modernized the website looks. Yeah. Um, my favorite part was is the the buddy system that you have and going down and looking at all the athletes and having met a lot of those athletes, seen them, watched them. Yeah. all these different things and just the 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 object of it and it's just fantastic because it puts more um it puts more responsibility into these athletes in high places that it's not just about their performance it's about how they can affect someone else positively as well yeah um because for me coming up as an under 20 under 17 you know who the top athletes are in, in the other age groups but they're kind of just like a someone that you you see walking past but you have no they have no recollection as to who you are yeah because you're younger because why would they why are they going to look sure. at anyone in the younger age groups other than the people in theirs um so being able to have that and and another 20 going to an international competition like Loughborough, Manchester whatever it is is quite nerve-wracking um going to these big competitions even if you are good at your sport if you're there and you don't feel like you deserve to be there you're not really going to compete very well you can be the best. You can be the best there and you turn up and you see all these faces in, in this environment and you don't even know what to do. And so true. So true. Yeah, you, you, you just completely, you, you have a warm-up and you completely forget what your warm-up is and, you, and, and that's crazy because <laughs> you do it every day. Yeah, we've all been do. there as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I think just everything about that is, is amazing. I want to hear more about how you started it, the process of it, where it's at now, what you're looking to do in the future. Yeah. why you started it just just everything because i think it's a great yeah, great concept that's, that's, thanks a lot for saying that it means a lot um it's crazy because 
I wouldn't have been in this position right now if it wasn't for me having those kind of negative mental health issues or going through burnout or quitting the sport because I wouldn't have had a reason why I'm doing that. And that's to me, it's like, I was in that kind of patch in the summer where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, blah, blah, blah. And my sister, she's self-employed. She runs a few businesses herself and she's doing very well. And my family have pretty much always been self-employed and they've always done their own stuff. And when you grow up around people that are their own boss and they're not being told what to do and they're doing things that they have a passion for, it rubs off on you and it gives you that belief that you can do that because why shouldn't you be able to do that? Nowadays, we're in a place where you can pretty much make money for doing anything. As wild as it is, we, we, we've all heard the stories, but like you, if you find something that you're passionate about doing, then you have no reason why you shouldn't make a career out of it. If you're if you if you execute it properly and have those kind of right desire, desires and um, kind of motivations, but for me, I literally started this by what it's, it's going through those things and then thinking how can I use my own negative experiences to ensure that other people who are going through something similar or something different have something where they can actually feel less alone, they can feel like there's other people going through it somebody to talk to or something to simply get some form of support or entertainment to make them feel better or whatnot, you name it. The, the kind of main purpose of the athlete place was to create that community that's run by athletes for athletes because the governing bodies have kind of got a difficult job on their hands when it comes to creating stuff or doing things for the athletes themselves. And the there isn't anything out there for the athletes like when i went through my struggles i was looking around trying to get the sport i needed nothing therefore i wanted to create something that no matter what you're going through if you need to ask a question you instantly think the athlete place and that support like where our focus is entirely on peer-to-peer -peer support where other people have been through something or, or they know someone that's been through something or essentially just being a listening ear or a shoulder to cry on or, or just entertaining other people. It's far more than mental health and well-being and support is essentially how you can make someone's life easier and more fun. And that is exactly what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create a brand and a platform which is there for people because people need to help other people, right? People get joy from helping other people. And no matter what you, who you are or what you do, you're going to get some form of buzz from helping someone else out. If that's making someone laugh or, or helping them when they're struggling mentally or physically and building a platform where that facilitates that, we think is very important and something that's missing within this sport. Because not only is this sport one of the best and most popular sports in the world, it's, it's kind of on downturn. And there needs to be a lot done to actually kind of make this sport kind of get better again. And to me, there is so much that can be done that I feel like if somebody's going to do it, then why not me? I mentioned this earlier. And from a well-being kind of point and support point of view, um, there's far more than just mental health. And if we can create that platform that does exactly that, where we're community led, <clears throat> sorry, and using people who have passions, shared passions, shared interests, shared experiences, 
this is where people can actually make such a difference to not only themselves, but other people. And if we can create and facilitate something that offers that in terms of the athlete place going forward, then we're trying to do exactly that. So recently we kind of rebranded the athlete place and we split it down the middle. So we've got an athlete side and a parent side. We feel like the parental support is something that's so huge in athletics because the athlete's parents are more often than not their number one supporter. They're the number one in their support network. They're through, they go through it, everything that the athlete goes through from the start pretty much to the end. And how can you expect to support somebody else if you're not getting any support for yourself? And how can a parent sure. go from raising an athlete or raising a, <clears throat> raising a child, which is essentially all trial and error anyway, that if you can use these kind of experiences from other people, people that have been there, people that have walked the walk, they've got the t-shirt, they've done it themselves. If you yeah. can help other people that are gonna be going through exactly the same struggles and exactly the same occurrences as you, then why shouldn't that be there? And for us, we're looking around thinking, hmm, how is, how's my relationship with my parents? How has that helped me become the person that I am both on and off the track? And how has this influence helped or hindered me? And thinking that if these parents have more guidance, more support, more kind of know-how to about the sport, how, what is gonna benefit an athlete? For example, helping them with nutrition, helping them with recovery stuff, helping them with how to enter them into competitions or how to get them for to training or these kinds of simple practicalities to how can you help them when they're feeling mentally down or drained or going through burnout or or they've they've got an eating disorder these are all serious things that aren't there right now and if there's nothing there right now that comes back again to why not us we're as qualified as everyone else to do something like this and we're in a very fortunate position. So I've obviously been in this sport for a long time. I know a lot of people and I kind of know quite a lot about it because I'm so passionate about it, but also working alongside my own mum on the parent stuff. She's been a parent for 28 years. She's always had a passion in sport. She's been with me through every step of the way since I started the sport when I was 11 years old. And now she's gone back to university and done a master's in sport and exercise psychology and, and exercise. and she has as much passion about this stuff as I do. So we're in a position where we can use our experiences as an athlete to help other athletes, as a parent to help other parents, but then also that crossover where you've got parents talking to athletes and athletes talking to parents about the individual needs and things that they need help with, which to me is very important because I can't coach or help other people and create the support that parents need when I've never been a parent myself. And my mum wouldn't be able to create a platform to support athletes because she's never run on a track before. Mm. And it's kind of like having that balance where you can use the community to help other people, supporting and creating platforms which lead from peer-to-peer -peer support to create those kinds of um, physical, practical, kind of emotional um, supports, then everyone's gonna be in a better place. and. The, the thing I find most fascinating about this is that if you can create a parental support system where you're supporting the athlete's parents, 
that's then going to improve the engagement that these parents have with the sport and their children's careers and journeys, yeah. which is also then going to lead to the improved well-being of these parents yeah. and of these athletes as well. And then also that increases the engagement with the sport itself. These, these parents aren't just sitting there twiddling their thumbs, watching their child and then going as soon as their kids start competing. They can actually have a passion and an interest for the sport, then in turn creating lifelong fans of the sport who have an interest who then are going to put money and time into this sport, which then in turn helps the governing bodies, the clubs, the, the kind of the support systems and those kind of bodies in place that keep the sport running. And then also, if you're thinking about a well-being perspective, if these people and parents and athletes are in a better position mentally, then they're more than likely going to perform better physically, which also in turn creates better levels of performance which means that the governing bodies and stuff are going to get more medals. There's going to be a better average of performance in the sports in our, in our country. But then also there's going to be a less level of dropout. More people are going to stay and persist at the sport because they're doing better and they're enjoying it more. And that to me all goes round and round in circles and all starts from educating the parents when their child gets into the sport, putting the right kind of views and, and um, directions and guidance in place for them. And then in turn, you're creating a happier athlete, a more successful athlete and person on and off the track, but also creating the lifelong fans in the parents that are going to keep this sport running. Because we've all been to the British Champs and we've seen or seen on TV that there's no one there. Nobody's watching. The crowds are empty. There's no one like offering that kind of buzz to the sport that we all need. And say, for example, every athlete's parents go, there's more athletes there because they're better and they're more, more interested, or even the parents that don't have kids there, but they're, they're fans of the sport because they've had the increased engagement. They're gonna go there, they're gonna take their kids to watch. That's gonna benefit the athletes. The athletes are gonna feel more rewarded and they're gonna get more support financially and from more exposure. And if anything, it's, I find it really crazy how like, hypothetically speaking, because this is still a new idea and a new project of ours, that parental support can have that much of an influence on the athletes in the sport and in general, the whole sport in itself. Wow. That's just, yeah, I think it's a lot. It's, it's, it's incredible. Do you, does, you have a question? Are you muted? No, no, no. I was going to say, uh, BA and England Athletics need to get this man on the, get get this man on the roster because um, <laughs> oh god you were like, saying all of this and it, it, was, it was like um you were literally um giving a step by step plan as to what to do you had like the I next was literally about to say that <laughs> and I was thinking whoa like how how have they not <laughs> you, you should seriously consider going to England Athletics or BA and being like I've got this plan Mate. and blah 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 you know and, and see if they're actually time, willing to listen because that is um. You, you, I feel like if they don't have someone like you a part of their organisation, they should definitely look into getting something like that for the well-being of athletes because it is very much um, quite performance-based, which is which is good. You want medals, you want success, yeah. like that's important. But from that's the well-being the yeah. point the of thing. view, it, it, that's it's That's where huge. we feel like we're in a fantastic position because there's a lot going on in the sport right now and the athletes themselves consistently feeling let down and not supported by the people that are supposed to be supporting them. Yeah. And if we're in a position where we can make a difference to these athletes in any way, shape or form, then we're going to do just that. Yeah. And the more people we can get on board, the more people we can actually join the, the movement of actually supporting athletes, the better. 
And this sport would be nothing without the athletes. And if these athletes aren't happy or if they're not enjoying themselves, what's the point? Because yeah. if you can't have this, these support pl platforms and networks in place, then these athletes are going to consistently continue to struggle. They're going to continue to not enjoy what they're doing or underperform or risk everything that they have for the sake of one goal. And if they don't get that goal, then what? Then they have that failure and that kind of fear of what now that every athlete's had previously. And we've seen the consistent like ups and downs of this sport. But to me, this is really something that can make a difference to not only this generation, but generations to come, mm. both on the athlete support and the parental support, whereby if we can influence these people and actually offer them the support and the guidance, bring them together to offer the peer to peer support as well and the sharing of experiences, then these people are going to be consistently better and that the new people that join the sport are going to be better and they're going to then learn from the existing things that are actually positive and the things that we can implement because the new people then start by being educated the right way they're enjoying it or they're doing it for the right reasons and they've got the right support in place then they're going to then stay in the sport and then the new people are going to come in and the new people are going to come in and then those people with the the false kind of or the existing ways of of how it is in this sport they're going to then go out which means that in a few years time for example that current cohort in the sport are going to be in the, the the existing way in which we kind of see things going and they're all hopefully then going to be happier the sport will be in better place the engagement will be better the, the well-being of parents coaches officials people that work in the sport will be better and that then also then relates to performance financial performance for like competition levels, physical performance, it just goes round and round in circles and the ways in which you can benefit this sport purely from supporting these people as people. Because in this sport, if you're supporting them as athletes, what does that mean? Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. These athletes are people. And if you can support them as people first and foremost, then they'll be better on the track. They'll be better in the gym. They'll be happier people. And they'll be more successful after their careers, which we know are very short anyway. Do you feel like you yourself were somewhat let down by um, certain individuals or certain systems? Did you, do you feel like, had you have been given the correct amount of support, maybe even support that you're now giving, that it would have helped bring back that love for the sport or helped keep you in it or just helped you to become more happier? Because forget, forget track, just wanting being happy in your own skin being generally in, in a good place do you feel as if you were sort of let down yeah I, I genuinely I feel like I do to be honest like I'm not pointing fingers at anyone because that to me I wouldn't even know where to start but feeling let down in that there wasn't something like there out this before or somebody not seeing the light as much or, or kind of be or going through the same experiences and acting upon that maybe that maybe other people have gone through something and they've I don't know, they've not thought that they were capable of doing something like this or they don't feel like they have the means of doing so. Um, but wh whatever happens has happened. Like we're, we're here now and that's, there's no point looking back into the, into the past. But I think, yeah, I, I, I do feel a bit let down, but I think that's, that's not just me personally. I think we all, we've all been let down. Every single person in this sport, past and current right now, has been let down by the systems in place in this sport 
not looking out for these athletes as people, like I've said, if you can look out for these people as people, the benefits would be insane. I, for one, would have still been in this sport, undoubtedly, if I was in a better place or had the support in place that looked out for me as a person, because it wasn't just the sport that made me quit at the time I did. There was so much going on. There was so much that was happening or went wrong or, or had gone wrong even way before then it all adds up but if you can actually put systems in place that are proactive as opposed to reactive which is what everything is nowadays there's yeah. not enough in this sport that's actually proactive and actually stops these things from happening rather than going oh this has happened again for the 10 millionth time here's the same thing that we're going to do again to stop this from happening no, it doesn't work. It doesn't happen because you need to deal with these things and stop these things from, from happening rather than just acting upon them again and again and again, because then you're just fitting the same process. You're doing the same thing over and over again. It's literally the same as the saying, if you give what you always give and you get what you always got. And it's like, if you can see that and you're putting the same thing in, you're going to get the same out of it. If you change something here or there down the line, it doesn't have to be a massive change. Change something small and that will then push you in a slightly different direction or, or make you somewhat different along the line, which then potentially means that this won't have happened or this will have happened for a positive or a negative way you decide. And it's all applicable to each individual. And from a system point of view or for, for a bigger kind of a bigger picture point of view, the people of power they need to be listening to the people a lot more, not just in this sport, the people need to have the say because they're the ones being affected. They're the ones that actually are the reason why these systems are in place. Because if these governing bodies existed without these athletes, what are they doing? Who are they governing? Like no one, they're just a bunch of people in suits listening to themselves. Like it doesn't make sense. And that's where, working alongside governing bodies and creating new initiatives that are led by athletes and people that actually are there to support other athletes is going to be so important going forward because the the times are changing in this sport like the the top dogs of ba just quit two days ago and <laughs> now where are we like, who quit jo <laughs> joanna coates and the other lady is they they resigned who are they? I don't know who they are. That's what I mean. People don't know who these people are in the sport. <laughs> I have no idea who they yeah. are. Do you know what I mean? If people don't know who they are, they're clearly not doing the right job because they need to build relationships with these people. Essentially, the governing bodies are businesses, right? And people buy from people. And if you can actually, the sooner people deep that who are in the higher positions, then they'll get people to buy their stuff. Mm. essentially what we're buying we're buying the sport we're buying participation we're buying us going to competitions and having the right to compete for them blah 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 and going to their competitions and if they can sell that that sell that experience to us as doing the sport and running the sport then the increased engagement will be phenomenal because they'll feel special they'll feel like they're actually part of something rather than just being part of this bigger picture where you can't even see yourself like it's crazy this sport is in a very strange place right now 
and the more people that act upon and do something about it, the better. And that's to me why I feel like the Athlete Place leading a community-driven platform is so important. We're listening to people. We want people to create content for themselves that's going to benefit themselves or other people. And we can just be the middleman. We can be the middleman to help people in this sport, no matter what it is, because I can't do this all on my own. I'm a guy who's done the 400 meter hurdles, who's done a decent, decent thing or in the career, they've done all right, but I've not had any form of eating disorder. I've not had this, I've not had that. I'm, I'm not from an ethnic minority. I'm not a female. All these things that I personally cannot do need the help of other people to do that. And that's where the power of community comes in. If you can have a community of people that have all been through X, Y, or Z, or they've experienced these things from their own backgrounds or whatnot, then they can help the other people that come through. The people that have been there can help other people that are currently doing it, or the people that are coming up the sport or starting the sport, they'll be then have a platform where they can actually listen to or read or watch videos or do any kind of thing to help them and make their lives and their journeys easier and more fun, which comes back to the vision of the athlete place. We want to make those people in the sports experiences easier and more fun, because if we're not going to help them doing that, then we're watching them suffer. And to me, that's a selfish thing to do because I'm in a position where I feel like I can actively help this, these people, regardless of who they are in some way or another, it doesn't have to be changing their lives, but, if I can do one thing, if I can point them in the right direction for one thing or another, that's going to improve their lives somewhat. And to me, that's a win. And if I can do that on a bigger scale, and if I can get other people to be doing that on a bigger scale, then people are going to be winning as people. And that's what it is. We're not athletes. We're people doing a sport. That's where people need to realize that. And people need to come together to think and to actually act upon these things so they can help other people ultimately helping themselves. Massive. Wow. Um, I've got, I've got one last question and I'm going to leave it there. We should definitely do a two part because there's a lot more that um, I want to cover on. In person. There's a lot. Yes, of course, mate. In person. Um, yeah. My last one would be, is the athlete place looking at doing some sort of, cause I don't know, I had this weird idea pop into my head while you were talking about it, just like a, um, like an event where you could actually get all these athletes in one place and everyone can sort of gist with each other. You can have certain people on certain stations or something, just something cool like that, that would be able to get these, these athletes in the one place. Cause the only time, if you actually think about it, that you can get all these athletes in, in one place where they can socialize. And this is so true as to what you said, is that a champs? If you go to yeah. Europeans or you go to an international where you're staying in a hotel where you have the time to do that, because yeah. in between you have a lot of time. We're not really doing much. We're just in the hotel. You, you have time. Sure. But when, when you're at a competition, you don't. It depends on the type of person you are, but you're not really going to be chatting that much on competition day for whatever reason. Everyone's different. Some people have nerves, some people, whatever it is. But having a place where athletes can actually come together, because it doesn't happen very often. Like it really getting all no, athletes doesn't. together in one place doesn't happen outside of a competition. And that's that's a, a big a bit of a problem. Yeah. Because I can't in different sports, I don't think it quite works out like that. But in, yeah. and in track, it seems unless you train with those guys, you just don't really come together all that much. Sure, exactly that. And I think that to me is, is, <laughs> is really important in that 
you can get athletes together in competitions fine <clears throat> that's something that we're planning on doing say in the summer we're gonna have we're gonna have presence at competitions we're gonna have presence at bedfords and in your birmingham's and stuff like that so that these athletes can actually be together and then in terms of outside of the sport that's then where people need to actually realize that comes back to literally what i just said about people being people we're people in a sport with similar interests that's why we're in the same place and if you've got similar interests with someone here chances are you're going to have similar interests and get on with them outside of that outside of that track you're on or the warm-up area you're on or the stadium you're in and that's where people can actually use this kind of community feel and the the nature of track and field being so inclusive where there's no judgment and it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, like what background you come from, you can do track and field. And that's the beauty of this sport in that it is so inclusive and it shouldn't be so kind of, how should I say it? It shouldn't be that this only happens when you're at a track and field venue. It needs to be much more than that. It needs to go much farther than that. And that's where implementing these kinds of things like you said like doing meetups or or doing kind of events in where people that are there yes they take part in track and field but they're human beings they're there for the same reasons and that to me is so powerful in getting this kind of community feel and this kind of movement of people in the sport to helping one another because it goes so much farther beyond than just mental health and we've already established that if you can actually build this community, make it kind of feel inclusive and that other people actually feel like they're in a position to help or get help from other people mm. or entertainment, it doesn't have to be just getting support. There's so much to it. And that's where there's really no limits to this because you can actually implement things that people are going to enjoy. That's the success that's going to help other people. That's a success. And then you can combine the two, make helping people fun. You're then going to be a happier person. You're going to be a happier athlete. You're going to perform better. And that all comes from facilitating these things online or in person. And that mm. to me is the importance of doing something like this that is as simple as one person helping out another person and that compounding and compounding and compounding. And then before you know it, we're all in a better position. Massive. Well, this sounds like a, a pretty amazing idea. Um, did you have anything else, Josh? Because I was going to... No, it's just been that. really nice listening to him just, just go deep. Lay it, lay it down. Yeah. Lay it out. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's really, really good. And, and there's so much more that we want to delve in. Um, and when we're going to, we're going to definitely do another part to this because there's, there's so many more things. Um, but yeah, this, this episode is going to be quite long as it is. We'll, we'll cut it into two parts That's so, cool, so, so cool. people can get a good shift for this episode and we can kind of shift it to other topics and kind of finish off where we were so awesome massive uh pre like <laughs> massive props to joe coming <laughs> on here creating the athlete place everything that he's, he's been through in over the last few years and being able to come out here and speak openly about everything and it's just fantastic to, to be able to hear your experiences and yeah definitely a lot more to, to speak about having me guys it's been so much fun no you. no problem at all no problem at all so um yeah on that note guys we appreciate you guys visuals family we hope everyone has enjoyed this episode we have another part coming up so don't worry we'll have more content coming for you guys 
Um, we'll link in Joe, all of Joe's social media in the description and everything. And we'll also live in the link to the Athlete Place. So if you're an athlete and you need some kind of support, please feel free to check out their website and see what kind of support is available for you guys. So, yeah, on that note, that's me, Des, signing out. JT.